Hey, Purpose Peeps, welcome back to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, and you are tuning into our Episodes in Rewind series as I am off preparing for season seven. So we have been talking about Esther. Um, as I shared last week, Esther is the only book of the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned. And her story is just so captivating to me, so I hope you enjoy it. This week, we're talking about being elevated on assignment. So without further ado, I will let you tune in, and I'll talk to you next week, my friend. Just tuning in, we are talking about the life of Esther. Last week on the podcast, we talked about how she was positioned for a purpose. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how she's been elevated on assignment and how so many times in life we get elevated, right? We always talk about leveling up or or the glow up. And I am learning that the glow up and the elevation is not just for us. It's for people who are attached to us too, that there is a greater work that God wants us to do. And I know for Black Girls with Purpose specifically, we've been talking about our sponsorship packets, which if you want to find out more information about sponsoring the Black Girls with Purpose podcast, you can email me directly at Brie, B-R-I-E, at blackgirlswithpurpose.org. But I said recently that if we had been elevated if we had gotten a ton of funding last year I would have blown it I would have spent it on frivolous things but God has shown me now that this is a platform for us to bless other people that we are blessed to be a blessing and that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about how whenever you experience that elevation that glow up in your business in your marriage in your ministry it's not just for you it's because there's something greater that, that God is calling you to do but in order for you to do that you have to go through these three things and I'll tell you what those three things are as we get into the episode for this week We're going to be coming out of Esther 2 through Esther 4. So we're going to be reading Esther chapter 2 through Esther 4, similar to what we did last week. But there were more things that God showed me in the same passage of scripture. So I hope you're ready to read. Before we get into the episode for today, though, I do want to invite everyone to attend our Instagram live Bible studies. We host them every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If y'all were watching last week, you know the Holy Spirit was killing it. I was so amped and excited about everything he was telling me. We talked about um, being a good steward of what it is that God has given you to do coming out of the parable of the 10 talents and how a lot of times there is a talent that God has given us, but we bury it in the ground because we feel like it's not significant enough. And the question that I asked everybody to spend some time with was what's in the ground? What seed do you have in the ground? What talent have you buried in the ground? Cause you don't feel like it's going to become anything. And I'm praying that uh, everyone got really great revelation from the Bible study last week. So if you're not following us on Instagram, Go ahead and do that now as we speak. And you can find us on Instagram at Black Girls With Purpose. 
So if you listened to the podcast last week, you may be like, Brie, why are we reading Esther 2 through Esther 4? That's exactly what we read. But there was even more that God revealed to me through this passage. And I won't go into extreme depth. Uh, for those who have not listened, I encourage you to go back and re I mean, listen to the podcast from last week so that you can know uh, more of the context for the scripture. But a quick overview of the book of Esther. It's about a young girl who becomes a queen because there was a queen and her name's Queen Vashti and she disrespected the king and he didn't like that and he told his people about it and they said, oh, you got to take the throne from her. So she stops being queen. There's a almost like a contest amongst young individuals or young women and, and who, and trying to see who would be a good fit for the next queen. And Esther is selected as the next queen. And we talked last week about how she wasn't selected to be queen just to be queen. She was a position for a purpose. And we're just going to expand on that purpose this week. The three points that we made last week are that if you are positioned for a purpose, you have to understand that your preparation may come suddenly. You have to trust the process, but then you have to wait to be positioned in front of the king. I talked about how being positioned in front of the king is probably, or waiting to be positioned in front of the king is probably one of the hardest parts because you can see your worth. You can see the value and everything that God has called you to do. But if it's not your time, then he won't elevate you. I know that I've experienced this. I talked about this last week on the podcast and on the Instagram live Bible study that I feel like God has given me so much vision for my life, which is such a blessing. He's given me vision really starting back in 2016. And I'm only now seeing some of those things start to manifest and it's not even like it's a big tree. It's just this small sprout that shows me, okay, something was growing there all along. I just had to be patient enough to wait for God to bring the harvest from that seed. And now I see why he slowed down the process because as I shared at the beginning, he was showing me it's bigger than me that Aubrey just wanted to be an author and a write and a speaker, but God said, I'm trying to establish a legacy. I'm trying to have your impact be larger than that, not for you, but for me. And that's what we're going to see in the life of Esther. So we're reading again out of Esther chapter two versus Esther or through Esther chapter four. And I'm just going to read the three verses that God gave me. I'm going to tell you the three points and then I'll expand on each. So there are three points that we see when you're elevated on assignment through the life of Esther. We first see that if you are elevated on assignment, you will experience favor, but you can't expect fallout and you're going to have to eliminate fear. Now, experiencing favor, that's going to come out of Esther 2.17, which is a verse that we actually read last week. And if you read in your Bibles, it says, um, she won more favor, she's speaking about Esther, won more favor and approval from him than did any of the other young women. He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen and placed a Vashti. Now, you know this if you listened to the podcast episode last week, but I shared that there was this contest collection of women who were wanting to be queen and out of all of the women that the king could have chosen he chose Esther and it shows God's intentionality because we didn't talk about this much last week but Esther is a Jew she is a 
Jewish woman, which is a big thing, especially in this time, because they're 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 where she's being positioned to be queen is a pagan nation. They're not serving God. And she is a Jewish woman, but she doesn't reveal her identity because Mordecai, her older cousin, tells her not to reveal her identity. So she doesn't reveal her identity, but it's a real big deal that out of all the people that God had could allow to become queen, he puts Esther in place because of something that's going to happen in a little bit. And the way that we can apply this to our lives is that when we're following God, we can get into places that we never would have expected. There are going to be people who look at your qualifications. They look at your background. They look at your heritage. They look at your lineage and they say, oh, well, she she can't do something like this. Oh, she's a first generation college student. She can't come and run this Fortune 500 company or, oh, no, she only joined the church this year. How is she going to come up here and start teaching Bible study, whatever the case may be, there are going to be people who may try and dismiss you, but you say, oh no, boo, I experienced favor because I serve the ultimate king. I serve the greatest king. And that's really exciting for me to know that if I'm, if I'm elevated on assignment, nobody can take from me what's from me. I think we talked about this on the uh, Instagram live Bible study last week as well, that sometimes we get so caught in comparing ourselves to others where we say, oh, well, God, you can't use me. I don't have the same skill set that they have. It doesn't matter if you don't have the same skill set that they have. Or uh, Scripture says again, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. And if as long as you're being faithful with what God has given you to do, you can trust that you're going to be in the presence of of kings. Now, the next thing I say in this uh, passage of scripture is that you have to expect fallout. That's the next thing. If you're elevated on assignment, you're going to experience favor, but you also can expect fallout. And that comes out of Esther 3, 5 through 6. So I'll read all of uh, Esther 3, 1 through 6, just so you get a little bit of context. So it says, after all this took place, King Ahasuerus honored Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite. He promoted him in rank and gave him a higher position than all the other officials. The entire royal staff at the king's gate bowed down and paid homage to Haman because the king had commanded this to be done for him. But Mordecai would not bow down or pay homage. The members of the royal staff at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? When they had warned him day after day and he still would not listen to them, they told Haman to see if Mordecai's actions would be tolerated since he told them he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai was not bowing down or paying homage to him, he was filled with rage. And when he learned of Mordecai's ethnic identity, Haman decided not to do away with Mordecai alone. He planned to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout Ahasuerus' kingdom. Now, I just told y'all that God positioned a Jewish queen in place. But notice he positioned her first. He elevated her first. And then the assignment is coming in in this next passage. And we'll, we'll read what her specific assignment is. But there had to be a, there, there was a problem, right? And I think... Sometimes we get elevated, we level up, we glow up, and we're just like, yes, Lord, okay, we out here, we got it. Like, I've been behind the scenes, and it was worth it because here's where you brought me. But what I am understanding is we have to expect fallout, not because we want to be negative, but because we have to understand, okay, Lord, you're not just bringing me here for me. You have a, a unique assignment that you want me to accomplish. There's a problem out there that I am supposed to help solve. So I need you to show me. And I think 
we do ourselves a disservice and other people a disservice where we think that our elevation is all about our own notoriety. And you have to understand that God is proud of you, but he's not just in awe of all that you're doing. I'm reminded of a scripture in Deuteronomy, which we're actually going to talk about on the Bible study, but it says in Deuteronomy 9, 5, you are not going to take possession of their land because of your righteousness or your integrity. Instead, the Lord your God will drive out these nations before you because of their wickedness in order to keep the promise he swore to your ancestors. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are stiff-necked people. And I think when you read that, you you may think, oh God, don't talk about me like that, or I'm not stiff-necked, but he knows you, he created you, and he also knows you can develop a very, very high opinion of yourself. And I'm not saying that you need to walk around with your head held down, but you under, you have to recognize that any elevation you receive is going to have some level of responsibility. And I think about how if there's something that God has placed on the inside of you that really burdens you, it's likely because he wants you to help fix that or he wants you to help fill that need. I think of me, I think of teens who deal with suicidal thoughts and how that is a a passion point for me. And God didn't put that inside of me so that I could just say, oh man, these teens, they're really struggling with identity and self-worth. He said, okay, you can see that problem. You can see that fallout, if you will. Now I need you to go and do something about it. I need you to go speak life into these ladies. I need you to write this book, The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose. I need you to help them understand that they are a part of this bigger picture that I'm creating. It's even the same thing when it comes to this sponsorship piece that I've been talking about for the past several weeks. I understand that We need sponsors, not just so Black Girls with Purpose can be this awesome thing, but so we can sow seeds into other ministries and into other businesses and people who are trying to accomplish something, but they don't have the funding or they don't have the support or they don't have the resources that they need. I hosted a Boss Up workshop back in 2018, just last summer with Essence, and I heard so many fantastic ideas for businesses for example one of the girls wanted to open up a gym where parents and their children could work out together she said why did the children get dropped off at daycare they should be working out out too and I just thought that was such a phenomenal concept and one of the things that I want to do is to be able to pull her aside at the end and say hey I really like your idea, so I'm going to give you a thousand dollars worth of seed funding what can you do with that and if you show me you can do a good job with that, then I'm going to give you $5,000 worth of seed funding and see what you can do with that. Those are the kinds of visions that God has given me. And by helping to sow seeds into those ministries, into those businesses, I'm going to be able to, or we as an organization, as a movement, are going to be able to help others fill that need for the fallout that they are experiencing. But getting back to the passage of scripture, what I think is so interesting is that there's a problem before Esther even knows that there's a problem. She finds out about it later, and that's how it's going to be with you and me. These business ideas that I talk about from these other women, like they've been working on things behind the scenes. Same thing with people who are encountering Black Girls of Purpose for the first time. We've been doing things. There's somebody who may be out there, and they are waiting for us, that they are saying, hey, I'm looking for a movement that's going to help women to 
change their environments and 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 that's why it just we talked about this last week as well. I know I keep referencing last week on the Bible study, which I really have to hit up our Bible studies on Instagram live 7 p.m. on Tuesdays in that central standard time. But I talked about the importance of writing down your vision and knowing what it is that you want to achieve because there is somebody that is out there that is waiting on that idea. And if you write down the vision that you've been given, then once they come to you, it's just confirmation of what God's been saying. I think of even my nonprofit, Unity Queens. We had a board meeting this past weekend and I shared a vision with one of my board members who's also the co-founder with me. And she said, oh my gosh, God was telling me the same thing. And I thought that was so intentional and I thought that was so, I've stopped using the word crazy because I see how God is always at work behind the scenes. And he did the same thing in this life with Esther. He positioned a Jewish queen knowing that Haman was going to come and want to kill the Jews. But if he hadn't had her in position, then this entire community would have passed away. And, and that, that impact is not lost on me. I think that there are so many lives that are, are waiting for us to, step up into the assignment that we've been given and and to understand and recognize that there is something greater that God wants to do because of our position. If you understand, okay, I've been elevated on assignment, that means that there may be a problem coming my way that I was designed to fix, then when you get there, you don't have to panic. You don't have to say, oh gosh, oh, how am I going to do this? God has already told you through this podcast, there's going to be some fallout but it's for a purpose. And if you can lean in, depend on him to reveal what that purpose is, you will blow everybody's mind because they'll, they'll think, how could you plan for this? We, we didn't even expect this. And you can say, Oh, I did because I just got this position. It's almost like when you fast and you endure all this spiritual hardship because you're opening up your whole you're opening up your spirit to be under attack and if you know that the enemy is going to try and come in you have that expectation then it helps in how you prepare for it and how you navigate it so i've said if you are elevated on assignment you can first experience favor but second you must expect fallout and the last thing is that you have to eliminate fear now Going back over this story, Esther has been positioned as queen. She is a Jewish woman, even though the king does not know that yet. And then her cousin Mordecai comes in contact with Haman, which is King Ahasuerus' right-hand man. Mordecai doesn't bow to Haman, even though Haman feels like he should, because Haman thinks that he is just that dude. And Haman decides that as a result of Mordecai not bowing down to him, that he's going to not only kill Mordecai, but kill all of the Jews. And he throws some dice to figure out when he's going to kill them. This happens in Esther chapter three. And he decides, okay, it's going to be at this time, it's going to be the 12th month. So basically a year from that very moment, he's going to kill the Jews. When Mordecai, Esther's cousin, gets the news. He goes into 
a period of mourning. He puts on a sock, a sackcloth, and he has ashes and on him, and he just draws a lot of attention to himself. Basically, it says that he came to the king's gate. This is in Esther chapter four. It says he only went as far as the king's gate, since the law prohibited prohibited anyone from wearing sackcloth from wearing entering the king's gate. And this is Esther 4, verse 3. It says, There was great mourning among the Jew, Jewish people in every province where the king's command and edict came. They fasted, wept, and lamented, and many lay on sackcloth and ashes. Now, Esther has some servants that are out there, and they go and tell her, they say, Hey, Esther, your cousin, he seemed like he going through some stuff. Again, this is the Brie Lightfoot Smith version. And so Esther says, oh, go find out what's going on. So Mordecai explains the situation. Haman's going to kill the Jews and you have to save us. You need to go before the king and, and plead for our lives. And Esther replies to Haman and says, oh, no, I can't do that. He has to invite me to talk to him. He hasn't invited me to come even in his presence in 30 days. I'm sorry. No, it's, I, I can't do that. And Mordecai checks her. He says, okay, so you don't have to go, but your people are going to perish. And don't get it twisted. If God doesn't use you to do this, he will use somebody else. His work is going to get done, but he wants to use you, but he will use somebody else. And so she takes the message. She's okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. She tells Mordecai to fast on her behalf. And in all of the people, he, she says, fast on my behalf for three days. Don't drink any water. Don't eat any food. You pray. I'm going to pray and we'll see what God says. And the eliminating fear part comes in because she says, if I perish, I perish. And man, that is a big deal to me that she was willing to put her life on the line because of her larger calling. And I don't know how many of us are willing to do that when it comes to ministry. And it may not be a case of physical death, but maybe it's social death where you say, oh God, well, if I go out here and I start this ministry, everybody's going to think I'm this Jesus holy roller. And I've really worked on maintaining my brand. So I can't do that kind of thing. I think about Courtney Sanders and how she said that she battled with this. She was formerly, her business was formerly Think and Grow Chick. And she said, God had put it on her heart early that she was going to do work for the king, him, the king. And she said, oh, well, God, yeah, okay, that's fine. And, and, but it'll just be between you and me. And he said, no, you need, I'm the secret sauce. And I want you to let, I want you to let people know that I'm the secret sauce. And she ran from it because of the attacks of the enemy on her mind telling her, oh, well, you can't do that. Everyone's going to think you're this holy roller. Everyone is going to bash you. They're going to think you're this Bible thumper. And in 2018, she talks about this on her podcast. Be sure to check that out. It's the Courtney Sanders show. She said she decided to just walk into the fullness of who God called her to be. And that she overcame the lies of the enemy and said, okay, well, what is for me is for me. And if I offend people, then I guess they just have to go. And you have to be willing to take those kind of risks for God where maybe it's not some uh, the death of your reputation. Maybe it's the death of a relationship where you say, God, if I do this, I know I'm going to lose this person. But he 
is so faithful and he will restore everything that you have lost for him. I'm reminded of scripture in Mark and it says, truly I tell you, said Jesus, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for my sake and for the gospel will fail to receive a hundredfold in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. And that comes out of Mark 10, verse 29 through 30. So I know I've talked about this in previous weeks, but anything that you give up for God, he's already poured back on onto you and into you. You may not see it physically, but I love something I read in a book once. It said, you can never outgive God because he has a bigger shovel. And that's where victory over fear can come in, where you say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know why you want me to be a part of this, but I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to believe what you said. I am going to prophesy and say, God, if you are for me, who can be against me? And that's the kind of confidence I want everyone listening to this podcast to have, that you understand because you've been elevated on assignment, you're going to experience fear. You already expect the fallout, so you're not going to be caught ill-equipped. And then you're going to be able to eliminate the fear that comes from Worrying about reputation, I really think that's it. I really think that so many of us are just worried about our reputation, that we're worried about what people are going to think. But if you stand on what God's word says and you say, I'm here to please him and not to please men, then I promise you, you will have everything that you need. Now, y'all know I'm not going to sign off without giving you our verse of the week and our song for the week. And our verse of the week it's Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just really based off of that last point of eliminating fear when it comes to being elevated on assignment. Y'all, God is trying to increase and enlarge your territory. But as the saying goes, where there's a higher level, there's a higher devil. And I'm encouraging you not to allow that to keep you from moving, but to take it as confirmation. Okay, God, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then the song of the week is actually called Surrounded. I love, love, love this song. It's by Michael W. Smith, if you find it on YouTube, but there's also a ton of covers of it. Tasha Cobbs Leonard covers it, Josh Baldwin from Bethel Upper Room, which is a church here in Dallas. So you just go on YouTube and you look up Surrounded and see all the different versions that there are. But I promise this song is going to bless you because it shows that we win our battles not by fighting with physical weapons, but doing what Esther did. We take everything to God in prayer. That's how we fight our battles. And that's how we get victory because we have to understand there is so much going on that we can't even see. And we limit our resources if we think we can do it with physical things. So I'm excited for next week. We're going to talk about how you're protected through providence. And my prayer is that as we wrap up today, you are feeling like God is trying to tell you something because he is. He never wastes words. I always pray fervently before I get on these episodes and just pray that he will say what he wants to say to you. And I am looking forward to seeing all that God has called you to do.